0: hello everybody it's time for season two of one for one i'm your host nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host miles fuchs miles it's season two can you flippin believe it
1: i cannot believe it nolan i mean like i can um had a lot of fun last season and and looking to do the same thing this year so in that sense i can believe it but Crazy to think that a whole year of of swearing and being degenerates uh, on on the record has evolved into something that got a season two. So, I'm stoked to be back after my hiatus last week. I was listening to the episode today, um, just so that I could be caught up. And it sounded you sounded sad. You sounded like you missed me. So, I'm glad that I'm uh, I'm glad that I'm back and able to uh, resume being weird with you
0: did I did I sound like I should be uh, uh, casted in the remake of the film Castaway
1: starring Tom Hanks uh, well sir no but you did sound um, like you weren't uh, swearing as much I picked up I, I think, got a zero I got a zero count on the swear meter uh, I think, no that's that, that, that
0: no? I, I know no I know for sure that didn't happen because when I was going through all the um, uh, all the things you sent me uh, one of the points I say that's such a fucking miles. Oh yeah. So true. I, 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 I had to, I, I sort of had to catch myself on that one, but yeah, it's part of my um, it's part of my new, uh, oh my God, my fucking garage band already crashed. <laughs> um, It's part of my uh, my newfound like, I guess uh, w- which McCall it a uh, new season, like new season resolution that I'm not going to swear as much.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to make that promise.
0: Well, you know, <laughs> I'm assuming the Oilers are probably going to make me mad enough where I'm definitely going to break that promise, but we'll see. Um, you know what, Miles? I think I, I, want, I want to show you this. Um, I brought a celebratory drink, and for once, it's not a Bud Light.
1: It's Is that, is that it, a it, cream soda?
0: It's a cider, actually. Oh. We went on a nice little wine and cider tour um, over the weekend. It was a lot of fun. I got really drunk, Um I I I don't know if you saw my snaps clearly enough. I know that makes us sound like a couple of freaking millennials, but uh, uh, we ended up we were we were so I was so intoxicated, and actually the entire group was intoxicated. That one of one of the guys that was there, um, grabbed a bush bushlight case and cut out a bunch of guitars, and we were running around this cottage we rented, screaming Nickelback songs, like full blown like loser drunk screaming. But a part of that was stopping by, uh, I believe it's uh, county cider and they make a wonderful blood orange cider. So, you gonna... know, no free ads. Yeah. No free ads. You want to sponsor us. So here's to, here's to season two. Oh yeah, that's good. Ah, that's, that's good stuff. You'll also notice I now have a desk, a big desk that comes with a cup holder which is so convenient, so convenient. Anyways, Miles, what else is new with you?
1: Um, not a whole heck of a lot. Um, starting off season two, I was thinking, I'm like, what could be the intro topic? And then uh, it hit me. So please bear with me as I go. I take you about a little bit of a journey here, Nolan. Um, okay. So recently I've started talking to somebody again that I was friends with in high school, not romantically or anything like that, obviously, but just a, a friend Reconnecting, and we were chatting about, you know, kind of what you've been up to, what, what your interests are, and hobbies and stuff like that. And she's like, Oh, I really like cooking now. And I was like, Oh, dope. Cooking is really sweet. Like, you gotta eat. Uh, like, um, what do you like to cook? And she uh, was like, Oh, I actually have an Instagram page of, of the food that I cook. You should check it out. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, they're like cool, whatever. So I'm sitting there and I'm scrolling and I'm checking it out. And, uh, uh, sorry to interject here, Nolan, but um, is there any words that you have, like, a strong, strong dislike towards? Like, uh, the obvious example is moist. Everybody hates the word moist. Um, so I, I, I've actually I brought this
0: up on the podcast before, but uh, obviously I don't like when people sign off with using the term cheers. Uh, and I also hate when people call pop soda.
1: Okay, fair. Uh, soda is a, dial, a regional dialect thing, so we'll we agree to disagree on that. However, um, there is a word that is significantly worse than moist. And for anybody who dislikes the word moist, you might have a counter going right now, and that I've said it in four different times this, uh, this intro. Um, but I just want to say there is something there is a word so much worse than moist. And it was used. Four times <laughs> in her Instagram page describing food. And this is probably the last word I would like food ever described as. Do you know what word I'm talking about, Nolan? It was like crusty. Gooey. Ew. Gooey
0: is Ew. the Ew. worst That's word a-
1: ever. Gooey is ewy. Um if you're at a restaurant if, if I'm at a restaurant and I see gooey ooey gooey or any variation of that word used on the menu i am walking the fuck out i am leaving a a mile-sized wall like in a cartoon i'm out of there (laughs) there's a vapor trail that is the most enjoy this gooey treat i made you uh no thanks pedophile i'm good (laughs) so uh yeah
0: I hope, I hope during Thanksgiving this year, you make your, you make your gooey mashed potatoes.
1: (laughs) I don't even know. So the bad part about that word is I don't even know if that's like you make good mashed potatoes or if that's like a euphemism. Like if you're, what what you're getting at. So, uh, yeah, needless to say, blocked, unfriended, unsubscribed, page reported. Get the hell out of here. You're getting
0: people sick.
1: You're getting people sick with your gooey lasagna. Um, well, if you don't agree and a full stop, if you if you think gooey is an acceptable word, um, you need to speak to a priest. <laughs> I feel very strongly about this. I've been thinking about this for about a week, Nolan, and it's just been festering inside of me like a sickness.
0: Festering is also a pretty good like nasty word.
1: Yeah, but it's no gooey.
0: No, no, it's it no, it's it's not nearly as bad as gooey. Festering makes me think of like an old toe fungus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of gross. Uh well, Speaking of, I mean, I don't really know if we can call it gross because there's just a lot of stuff going on there. Today was honestly the perfect day to record, and for anybody for and for anybody wondering like when we're recording, we were supposed to record on Sunday, but we were supposed to record on the Sunday before. But long story short, a bunch of shit ended up happening, so um, we're recording a bit late. But nonetheless, we let we love the listeners enough that we're gonna try that we were gonna get this episode out early so that we can get back on track this upcoming weekend. Anyways. I'm really glad we waited until today, Miles, because holy smokes, there is a lot to talk about.
1: What a what a, what a a wonderful Wednesday in the NHL world. We've got a jam-packed episode for all the listeners of the show today, starting season two off with a click, click, boom. What we're going to be talking about here today, Nolan, do you like that? A little sound e- that's a, reference? That's,
0: a, that's, an, that's an epic reference that actually requires one of these, oh, can you actually see it? No, you can't. Anyways, I've got, I have have lights on my desk, and I was trying to make it all cool and say that th- this deserves like a skeet, skeet, and uh, lights. Like two Hell dabs yeah. and a Ric Flair. Is that yeah. what it is?
1: Two claps and two dabs. Oh, two. <laughs> Take your THC. <laughs> Get dead out of here, buddy. Okay, so here's the docket for today. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the Oilers. Specifically, Rookie Camp, Game 2, Electric Boogaloo, First Day of Training Camp, crazy gonna be doing a little bit of an nhl overview talking about some covid dummies and where things are happening around the league move into a little bit more nhl talk did you just bite <laughs> him? like you eating chalk I did, that ju-
0: I, I, I did that just to fuck with you
1: yeah let me enjoy my snack of um small twigs and animal bones <laughs> Um, We're going to be getting into a little bit of an NHL talk talking about some of the COVID dummies. We're going to be talking about two former Oilers um, personnel that have taken on a new role in the NHL, which we can all share a laugh at. Uh, Then we'll be moving into a special shout out to a former NHL player doing some sweet things in the community. Um, Talk about some players that just recently signed deals, some players that haven't signed deals. Uh, And then we are going to do a little bit of a divisional breakdown, as Nolan mentioned. Specifically, starting off with the Metropolitan Division. Wow. Pretty good division. Pretty good division to talk about. Damn good division, man. There was a lot of uh, thought that went into this. THOT. So I'm excited to get into it and uh, get talking about the division and the NHL. And I think with that out of the way, Nolan... Why don't you start us off talking about the Oilers rookie camp and the game that took place against the Flames?
0: Well, they played a couple of, well, since, since the last episode that I recorded by myself, of course, um, <laughs> we had the last, the last rookie game of the two of the two game series between the Oilers and the Flames, um, long story short, Ilya Konovalov played, he looked disgustingly good for a 5'11 Russian goaltender, um, Super athletic was making all the big saves look like the best player on the ice a um, couple other things Raphael Lavois looked really good. I think he's probably going to be to the or I think he's probably going to be on the Oilers a lot sooner rather than later um and i I liked what I saw, but I think Philip Broberg is going to benefit really hard from going to the AHL to play under Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson um because I really like how I really like how Bakersfield has been developing a lot of the D-men, and I think Philip Roberg is going to be really great under that tutelage. And going back to Jay Woodcroft, I think he's going to. I, I've 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 made this prediction. Well, I'm making this prediction now. I firmly believe Jay Woodcroft will be the next coach of the Oilers. Um, all of the press conferences you see, the guy is so positive, has such a good relationship with all these young guys. Realizes that you gotta play the young players and you have to adapt to their styles, and you gotta try and build them into like consummate professionals. Um, and I, I love everything I see from Jay Woodcroft, and I really, really, really hope that because um, Dave Tippett has one year left on his contract, and after that it's gonna be year to year, and I would not mind seeing Jay Woodcroft uh, taking over this team.
1: Yeah, man, I mean, for, for uh, all intents and purposes, it sounds like he's a pretty well-liked guy and he's doing a very good job in Bakersfield. The team's seen a lot of success. A lot of the players, as you said, under his tutelage, have turned into good professionals and, and strong professionals. So it would be really interesting to see what he can do with uh, with the talented roster that the Oilers do have. And yeah, with the rapport that he would have with the young guys that would be coming up with him. So uh, tip it, yeah. Um, Fire is underneath the other buddy, and um, if it is Woodcroft, that'd be awesome. i just hate to lose him. That would be the only thing, is is him getting spooked up by another team. That would really, really suck. Yeah,
0: I think the fact that they kept him on after Todd McClellan left, and they are still holding him around, I don't think he's going to end up leaving. I really do think that they are grooming him to be the next head coach of the Oilers, because I just don't see Dave Tippett wanting to do this for another five years. I think that Dave Tippett could be either on his... Like... If they, if they don't do anything in the playoffs this year, A, I'm going to probably... I'm g- going to be on, like, blank watch. Um, but I'm also... <laughs> like I, Then I think Dave Tippett is also going to be fucking, like, watch out their friend, because this isn't good. Um, but yeah, no, I'm happy to see that. And basically, what's crazy is that all the rookies are basically... Like, pretty much everybody from rookie camp is all invited to training camp, which I think is really funny. <laughs> um... But, like I mentioned in the previous show, um, Dimitri Samarukov and Dylan Holloway are obviously out for the next little while, which is a big
1: boo. But what can you do, right? Um, Big boo. What can you do? Um, Samarukov, broken jaw. How long's he gone for?
0: About six weeks, it's looking like. Six weeks? Yeah.
1: Tough. It's a tough talk to suck, Ryan. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, First day of training camp, Nolan um the d1k era or otherwise known as dick yes um explain what's going on there and then explain the nickname because it's uh <laughs> so not totally hitting <laughs> so the
0: reason why i say the d1k era I is
1: gonna, i thought it was gonna be a hit Turns out it, fucking it fucking sucks, sucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the d1k era off to a blazing start so there uh w- what that means is the duncan keith era is off to a blazing start uh the 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 uh the origin of the d1k nickname comes from when uh duncan keith celebrated his 1000th game for with the chicago blackhawks and he created his own logo that said d1k and everybody <laughs> clowned on him because they said that spells dick <laughs> <laughs> and so it's pretty funny. Uh so I will I think uh for the rest of the season I will cont- I will co- continue to call uh, to call him D1K. Um Anyways, the as everybody probably knows, he is missing the first week of training camp due to the quarantine because he just received his second COVID dose. And now that I think about it, Tom Gazzola actually t- tweeted not too long ago that he re- went to the U.S. and received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So that is why he is out for the next week or so while he's waiting. even though he was at the captain's skate, which... We'll, we'll get into that when we talk about the press, when we talk about the Ken Holland press conference, because that was a complete and utter disaster. But um, in addition to that, Alex Stalock has a heart condition, apparently due to COVID complications. Not ideal. Uh it just reminds you that like I don't care if you're young, I don't care how old you are, like this shit's serious and like you gotta get yourself taken care of um and make sure that you're being safe. Um I know probably fucking stick to sports guys are probably losing their minds right now. But anyways, yeah, like very serious condition. Um Holland doesn't expect him to play for the rest of the season, so that really sucks because I was really hoping Alex Daylock would come in and be awesome. Um, yeah. So Miles, should we get to the Ken Holland press conference? Should we just quickly? Ta- we, we won't, we won't talk about it too long, but I just really want to talk about it. You go ahead, King. So, okay. So Ken Holland basically got asked about, uh, and you know what? I will save the, uh, the one member of the Oilers that is currently away from the rest of the team because he's choosing, he's currently not participating in getting the vaccine, Um, Ken Hall was basically asked about this one player and the rule of thumb from apparently from the NHL was that if a player has had the vaccine or has gotten the vaccine, but has not let the two weeks pass by since either your second dose or your one Johnson and Johnson dose, um, that you have to quarantine for that, for that two week time period. Um, a, what's kind of funny about that is that. Uh, Duncan Keith is coming in to camp a week late after all we heard last year was about how Ethan Bear came in out of shape and he's fucking traded off into the sunset and, uh, you know, oh, we wanted to make sure he was coming in in good shape. Well, Duncan, you're already a step behind. Uh, Secondly, uh, the, the, the next question following that was... This player, this unidentified player, which, like I said, we'll get to, um, is currently allowed to 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 come to come to training camp, and so essentially the um, the reporters kind of called Ken How- uh kind of also called Ken Ho- Ken Holland out on this. Jesus, I can't speak today, and they said, why was he at the captain's cape? Because obviously there were photos taken of him, like. And posted all over the Oilers social, oh, Duncan Keith is here. And he kind of got sidetracked and kind of froze and didn't know where to go with this. And it just reminded me that uh, I I really want Ken Holland to do good. But holy smokes, (laughs) like, it's really tough to watch. Um, So, yeah. Basically doing a lot of stumbling over his words and all that, all that jazz like we kind of expect with Ken Holland at this point. And then he also mentioned too, when asked about adding an additional veteran goaltender, he said that he was not planning on it. So, which makes me think that guys like Ilya Kanovalov and Stuart Skinner have a real genuine shot at being the Oilers' backup this season. Which, in one part is really exciting and in one part really frightening... So we'll see because they're gonna have to battle with Miko Koskinen, which, and I will. I'm just about done here, but Miko Koskinen's press conference. Uh, the first question I mentioned this on, on the last show. Uh, Jim Matheson just throwing heat right from the beginning, um, basically asking Miko Koskinen, Miko, how do you think your season went personally? You might as well say, Hey, Miko, how much? How did it feel being a piece of shit goaltender last season? Like. And it, it's just it's so frustrating to see this because I do. While I was really mad at Miko Koskinen this this last season, and while I was also really mad that they have that they did not were not able to move off of Miko Koskinen, I feel really bad for the guy because I feel like the Edmonton media when they're doing these press conferences like openly shit on Miko Koskinen, and he's just supposed to take it, and it just it feels very gross, and especially when you hear. The media write these, you know, think pieces saying the fans were the ones that drove these guys away. Are 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 you sure? Because it really sounds like the media. But
1: what can you do? Oh uh, no, it, it is the fans that ultimately drive them away. But who's you know up top pulling all the strings, making everybody believe a narrative one way or the other, right? It all yeah the think tank has to be controlled by somebody and that's generally the, the beeper reporters and the, and those folks and, and their opinions of it. But I mean, even if you weren't somebody who's a reporter or, or whatever, um, you watch a few of those games and, and like, you just had a bad season last year. There's really no way around it, but still there, it's not fair to ask a guy that first question into camp, maybe spin it a different way. Like, Hey, yeah. go, you know, last say, season, like, last what you season was on? the best season. How did you prepare this off season to come in? Better? Yeah. Like, Something like
0: that. Give, like, give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Like, encourage him to want to be better. Yeah, so. instead
1: of just making starting the season off with him as a whipping boy. So, I really hope that Miko Koskinen comes out this year, and like you said, gives a hell of a, a backup goalie battle with konovalov and Skinner, and that you know the may the best player win, and the Oilers are better represented in the crease. That would be the ideal scenario there. Um, as for the unvaccinated player. Excited to talk about that one because we have been stoked about him for a little while. Were there any other points you wanted to talk about on the Ken Holland presser, or do you want to move right into the uh, meat and potatoes? Let's let's
0: let's move let's move into the COVID dummies.
1: So COVID dummies, um, ital- <laughs> uh, italicized, pack your shit. The players that have absolutely flubbed the start of the season, uh, and let's just say. Right off the get go, that uh, Deputy Commissioner uh, Bill Daly came out. It's Bill Daly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bill Daly came out a few weeks ago and said that the league is currently at about 98, 97% vaccinated, ninety-seven point seven percent vaccinated total, which is fan freaking fantastic. As a league compared to the NFL or MLB or really NBA, that is fantastic. Yep. As, as a fraction of society, that is unbelievable. Good for the NHL. But it begs the question. Who are those that are not? It's like it's like a game show. Yeah, picked, uh, what's the oh my god, it's like Deal or No Deal? No, uh, what's the big red thing? And I think you should leave. It's a chunky. Who's the which one Where's the chunky? So where is the the COVID dummies, as we are calling them? And that brings us to the next segment of the show. Let's start with the one that maybe you know of, or maybe you don't. The player that we have been dancing around all episode uh, since Nolan shared the tweet with me, I will let him share with you that our first COVID dummy is. Do you li-
0: Before I get into this, do you like my? Do you like all my? Do you like yes, all my nicknames? Yes. <laughs> So the first one is Josh Farchibald, uh, otherwise known as Josh Archibald. He is he is the one that has not gotten the COVID vax yet. And nobody should be surprised because all you have to do is take a quick gander at his Twitter account and see some of the shit he has retweeted and liked. Um, big OAN guy. Um, big Fauci is a liar guy. <laughs> what were you going to say, Miles?
1: On uh, May 6th, oh, no. 2020, Josh Archibald, <laughs> verified account. The hidden agenda behind COVID 19 pandemic. In brackets, was COVID 19 a plan? YouTube link via YouTube. Uh, this is the ratio, ladies and gentlemen 24 replies, 35 retweets, 18 favorites. Yeah.
0: <laughs> ooh, ooh. So, Josh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Why is it the one player on the Oilers from Regina? Why does he have to do this to me? Yeah, and considering Ethan bear has gone, we
0: don't even have him anymore. Back in Saskatchewan,
1: we like three things.
0: I was kind of expecting this because a I've seen that twi- I I've known about that Twitter account for a while since really the really since the beginning of the pandemic and I kind of said to myself are you fucking kidding me like come on and um, in addition to that uh, the Oilers also made those PTO signings uh, well I guess Brandon Pyerline was not a PTO he was just an actual um, he was an actual signing himself but the signing of colton sevier uh to a pto was the other kind of give a kind of giveaway because you're signing a bottom six sort of versatile winger uh that can penalty kill and can play some pretty decent defensive minutes for you. I think he might actually be better than Josh Archibald uh, personally speaking, but you never know. Um so we kind of figured that uh, we kind of figured that as much but it's just so frustrating and as Ken Holland said in his press conference um, they did the math uh, which I I really hope you could I really hope somebody like like super cuts that for a clip on Twitter and you can see that but they basically said Ken, how many games do you think a player will be able to play if they're not vaccinated? And he says, well, we did the math. We did the math. Uh, you know, all of us got together and we did the math. And then Mark Spector, I think it was Mark Spector, said, okay, so how so how, how many games could the player play? Well, you know, after doing the math, though, we looked at it and, uh, you know, it's uh, looking uh, about 30 games. So 30 games out of an 82-game season that Josh Archibald would be able to play. And At one point five, and that's th-
1: because we, the Oilers, we spend more time in the United States than in Canada. Correct? Exactly. So the alternative we'll get to in the next player, but sorry,
0: one and a half million dollars. You're saying one and a half million dollar cap hit. So what should be happening is they should basically say, "Okay, Josh, well the choice is yours. You can either get the vaccine and play." Or you can be chucked on a long-term injured reserve and not, ha- and the Oilers should not have to pay that cap hit Cause that's complete nutter utter bullshit. Um, I,
1: it's <laughs> suddenly Nikita Kucherov has a sore throat and a fever.
0: <laughs> like I'm, we're, I know we're getting... you know what? We won't really get into the whole vaccine discussion, but it's like I... the way I see it is like, if the NHL is basically saying like, get your vaccine, get your fucking shot. And, On the next player we're going to get to, which we might as well get to him right now. Do you really have anything else to say about about, uh, Josh? Farchibald? Farchibald.
1: Nothing else on Farchibald. I really want to talk about (laughs) Tyler Bertuzzi.
0: Uh, Did you also notice in his first name what I did?
1: The capital L. (laughs) (laughs) You can't spell Tyler without an L. Um, Tyler Bertuzzi is not getting the vaccine. Just won't play Canadian teams, will forfeit nearly $400,000 in salary. And it's not like he, you know, that's not that big of a deal, right? I mean, he's just in the Atlantic Division. He only plays three Canadian teams within his division that he won't be able to go to the to those away games. Interesting. That's fine. That's a fuck-all.
0: Yeah, plus also the rest of the league as well. which is, <laughs> <laughs> So... I mean, so I I think think in total, it was something along the lines of like 10 or no, 8 to 10 games. I can't remember. Somebody ended up tweeting it um, that he's going to end up missing. And I think the really interesting discussion we're going to get to about this is that the vaccine is really testing like hockey team culture because we always think about hockey as this like team sport and like all the guys go out for one another and like they'll do whatever they can in order to like stand up for their brother's. But it's like this vaccine thing is now it's like, are you going to get it because the rest of your team got it? And then are you just going to be the one black sheep that can only play so many games? Or are you just going to be like, all right, I got to get this thing just so just so I can play like that's like at the end of the day, like that's really what it really comes down to. And Tyler Bertuzzi, from what we know so far, we don't know the rest of the players that are still unvaccinated. Um, is probably like the best player that has actively said he's not getting vaccinated. So,
1: yeah, he, he's a fantastic hockey player. Um, I was really big on him for a really long time. This absolutely affects my opinion of him, which is, you know, part of the culture around the, what's going on with the world and, and vaccinations and, and whatnot. And it's no different than, you know, your, your friend since, middle school that won't get it and you can't hang out with them and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, um, yeah it sucks that Tyler Bertuzzi won't get it. He's a good hockey player. Um, I hope he figures it out. I hope somebody in that locker room grabs him by the hair and says, Hey, Hey buddy. And makes it happen. But this is the best one. The best for last.
0: Uh,
1: this one is pretty well documented. So I am sure the, the folks at home know who this is, but if you don't know, who is it,
0: Zach Renault, don't you realize you won't get a job in the National Hockey League? uh booted off of columbus's training camp roster because obviously not getting the vaccine but in addition to that uh just the the cherry on top of the shit sunday he was spotted at a ppc rally uh which in case you were not aware of our canadian election ppc is the people's party of canada which is a very far right
1: stop talking about them they don't deserve it (laughs) party they got no seats in the election
0: anyways um but yes he was spotted at a PPC rally um with the classic uh with the, with 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 the classic anti-vaxer line um uh I'm not I'm not against masks I'm not against uh vaccines but I am pro-choice
1: so no I just think people should have the freedom of choice the classic
0: oh, oh yes yeah, classic line. one yeah that one yeah which they would know, not be caught dead saying pro-choice. Most of those people.
1: No, no um, 99.9% of the time. If you say, if you use that as your logic, I would agree with you. I think that that, on, from a moral standpoint makes yeah. a lot of sense however when it is a global pandemic that is the 0.1 percent of the time yeah. where it becomes we and not me yeah Zach Ronaldo, yeah blew it
0: yeah that's a real that's a like you could have had a real chad moment and like got your vaccine but you're pulling a real virgin moment instead so
1: sorry sorry <laughs> friend <laughs> um uh, zachary the last thing better I- Better known as Rhino from his Flames days. Yeah, and um,
0: also better known as the freaking dweeb that bl- d- dyed his hair with freaking Milan Lucic because they looked sick together. So. Na, na, really, na, na, na. really terrible na, na, hockey na. player. Like, don't mean to sound like a dick, but like, really, really, really bad NHL player. Like, sorry, I shouldn't say bad hockey player because, like, obviously would break my freaking ankles, but. Uh, yeah, not a very good NHL player. Anyways, that pretty much does it for the COVID talk. Um, oh, one other thing I want to mention too is Ken Holland did say that during the Board of Governors meeting yesterday, they said that they expect the unvaccinated players to be down to single digits. So that's good. Um, good work, NHL. Next up, Miles. Shall we get to some NHL talk?
1: Yes, we shall, Nolan. And this is some breaking news. <laughs> Fox
0: News here. Tucker Carlson is reporting.
1: Uh, Actually, got this from an insider. And by insider, I mean uh, I knew about it before he did. But he said, LOL, can I be your insider? Shout out to Jackson Braylene. Big news. Welcome back to the National Hockey League. Peter Shirelli. Oh, let's go, baby. Big Pete was hired by St. Louis as the vice president of hockey operations. And if that wasn't sweet enough, Nolan... His pal, Ken Hitchcock, better known as 10 Inchcock, Let's has go. been hired as a coaching coaching consultant for the St. Louis Blues. Um, excited to talk about the Central Division in, our, um, in, in their own discussion because the St. Louis Blues are about to go down like the Titanic. It is going to be a bad scene. Everything Peter Shirley touches turns to poop.
0: I'm just. I really hope that they decide to fire Doug Armstrong, but I know Doug Armstrong is too smart to lose his job. But holy smokes, would I be excited to see Peter Shirelli Big take over? Back. Oh, I want to see
1: Big Ken back behind the bench.
0: <laughs> they just fire Craig Berube and bring on Ken again, and he has to like. Do, do you remember? Do you remember that video of it? I feel like I've brought this up on the. I feel like I've brought this up before, but like. That video of him having to hold onto the boards while he's walking across the <laughs> ice. I think that's so funny. Poor Ken man. <laughs> Poor guy. And you remember Nothing when you shoot. remember when he got hired and then they were like he said they were like, What do you what do you expect to do? I know what the problem with this team is and I think I can fix them. And then it's like and then he says, I'm going to call up Yesse Pouli and I'm going to fix him. And lo and behold, Yessey Pouli would go on to blow two hips and then request a trade.
1: He's a yeah. Um, Could you imagine being Connor McDavid, being the fastest guy on skates, and Ken Hitchcock's <laughs> like, "Hey, you're doing it wrong," and you're like, "Don't fucking tell me I'm doing it wrong, Ken." Like, I cannot imagine what that was like. That for was those guys.
0: the worst year of hockey for me. I that was uh, the absolute <laughs> worst year of watching hockey.
1: Um, remember when you grow a mustache for Peter Shirelli, when he inspired you to grow a mustache I after did. the that after was... the 17 Cup run?
0: That wasn't even after the 17 <laughs> Cup run. That was during McDavid's
1: rookie season. Calling it the Cup run in 17 is the epitome of being a loser.
0: Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it is.
1: <laughs> Isn't that fucking sad? Yeah. Um, but not as sad as St. Louis Blues fans are because you just got the sh- Midas touch of Peter Shirelli. Um, enjoy your remaining years.
0: I'm calling it right now uh, Tarasenko for half retained for uh, Zach Cassian at full value and uh, Miko Koskinen. Who, who says no?
1: <laughs> Certainly not Father Pete. Father <laughs> Father Pete invests. He's like, oh, that's, through that's
0: the value room. right there. Anyways, Miles, speaking of what's value, up next? Nolan,
1: we're gonna we're gonna do a little jumping around here. Speaking of value, um, the forty year old rookie is back. Kirill Kaprizov last night just signed an extension with the Minnesota Wild for five years at $9 million average annual value. Shout out to Krill. Uh, 27 goals, 24 assists, 51 points in 55 game play, games played last year. As I'm sure you know, unless you were living under a rock, he won the Calder Award as Rookie of the Year. Um, good dude. Minnesota Bill Guerin said about a week ago that he was in uh, not worried about contract negotiations with Kaprizov. So obviously he had a good feeling about things and we find out today or found out yesterday that he was coming back to the state of hockey
0: so that was what i wanted to check out next is i wanted to see i wanted to see cap friendly because i want to see where they stand for salary right now i want to know if they're like fully decked out
1: after a big buyout summer the signing of kaprizov they signed another player oh. this summer you're it, smiling, which makes got, me nervous. They've,
0: they've got 3.2 million dollars in salary still, and just seeing here, they could still make it work. They could, they fucking, they could, they could make a Jack Eichel trade happen if they don't were, know. if they were waiting on, if they were waiting on Kaprizov to sign. They could still make a Jack Eichel trade happen. I could easily see them moving around some of this money. Yeah, yeah, I could see it.
1: Can you do me a favor and see how much Vegas has? Vegas, oh. I know, is pretty much right up against the wall, but they'd yeah. have to move some money up. So uh, it's dollar in, dollar out kind of situation. Uh
0: Vegas, uh, believe it or not, Miles, has uh, zero dollars.
1: Zero dollars. something. zero dollars. That's something the Las Vegas Golden Knights and I have in common, being broke. But guess,
0: <laughs> but guess what? That didn't stop them from doing
1: jack shit.
0: Because you know why? Because he cuz you cuz you know what they cuz you know what they think of the salary cap? They don't give a rat's ass.
1: They're going to um they they don't care about it. Uh, speaking of not caring about it, um if there was I don't know, a 44-year-old defenseman, you would probably say, "Hey, I'm going to stay away." Uh, but not the New York Islanders Nolan and that is because Zdeno Chara is going back to where it all began. The New York Islanders have signed uh Zidane Char to a one year deal where the salary was not disclosed makes me think he will be making the league better, in minimum. Uh, retirement homes hold off just a little bit longer. Your boy is going to Long Island.
0: I, yeah, I, I like the fit. I don't think he was all that bad last season. Um, I feel like Capitals fans would probably disagree with me because I, I mean, I could very well be wrong, but. I just think it's kinda of, I, I love seeing a guy going back to his old team. I just think that's really cool. It's like it's like when we saw Sam Gagne come back to Edmonton. It was just like it made you feel warm inside.
1: No, so the, yeah. Guy I, made his uh Guy made his NHL debut in nineteen ninety seven, the same year that Matthew Barzel was born. I like those little tidbits. I think they're funny.
0: It's also really funny that uh, he got traded as a part of a package for Alexi Yashin by the Islanders, by Mike Milbury. <laughs> uh, really, really unbe- unbelievable
1: trade history from Mr. Mike Milbury. Unbelievable. Speaking of unbelievable, Nolan, did you know that Elvis has got some new suede shoes? <laughs> <laughs> Elvis Mer- Merzalinkins, the goaltender for the Columbus Blue Jackets, has signed a five-year $27 million contract for a 5.4 annual average value um he had 23 starts last season he went 8 12 and 5 on a pretty poopy defensive team with two shutouts uh, columbus blue jackets general manager
0: uh jarmo kekalainen
1: said in an interview that he is going to be sticking with a tandem of goaltenders uh, in, with between uh Mirza lincoln's and jonas Corpusalo, um, which is a pretty expensive tandem um, now that Mr. Lincolns is going to be making north of $5 million. So let's see how that works out for you. Um, Makes me think if I was an early season better, that uh, depending on how things shake out, there could be a potential trade there with the Oilers for Corpus
0: I don't really know if I want Jonas Corpus Allo.
1: I don't, Nolan, either. If you compare the numbers between him and... um, Koskinen, they're very uh, similar. Last year, they're extremely similar. So yeah, yeah, don't know if that's really what I want. I'm just saying, if I was an early season betting man... um, don't know how that works but never
0: never stopped ken holland before boy Dollar that guy's Doro, got a, baby that, that guy's got a trigger finger on him
1: um yeah anyways trigger trigger, tr- trigger fingers turn to twitter fingers shout out drake was there anything else you'd like to talk about or can i stand on my soapbox for a few minutes stand stand on your soapbox so this is one that I was really excited about, something that made me really happy. Uh, I saw on the NHL.com uh, about a week or so ago, I want to give a special shout-out to Al Montoya. Now, if you're thinking, who the heck is Al Montoya? I know that name from somewhere. Uh, the 2004 American World Junior goalie from Helsinki, absolute stud, played a few years at the University of Michigan, as well as being a former Edmonton Oiler. Oh. Is doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is doing some awesome awesome work as the stars director of community outreach. Uh, a couple weeks ago he gave free tickets uh at at he gave free tickets to stars games to Hispanic Americans at the El Super Clasico soccer game um, between a few super teams from Mexico. They were up in North America playing a friendly and it was a really big event in the Hispanic community. There were fans from Florida, Arkansas, Illinois, um, obviously Texas, uh, Carol- uh, Carolinas, like they were from everywhere. Huge event, massive stadium sellout and they've got El Montoya there giving people tickets to Stars games. Um, the former Coyote Islander, Jet Panther Hab was drafted sixth overall in 2004 And was the third player of Hispanic descent to be drafted into the NHL after Bill Guerin and Scott Gomez, arguably paving the way for guys like Austin Matthews. And from this community outreach, hopefully a lot more Hispanic kids and and Latino Americans are going to be getting into hockey. And I just think that that's awesome. He had a really really awesome. He had a really heartwarming story about his time in Florida, obviously playing in Miami uh, and being he's of Cuban descent. Um, People were like in the Cuban community were coming to games. He was giving them tickets. Like it actually was bringing some new fans, some new life to the um, Carolina Panther, Carolina Panthers, Florida Panthers franchise. People were bringing him like food and dishes and like clothes and like handmade trinkets and stuff. Like just the epitome of like Spanish hospitality. So if that's the impact that one person can have on an entire community, it's going to be awesome to see what he can do uh, as the Director of Community Outreach in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, where 42% of people are Hispanic. Holy shit. So there is a tremendous amount of, of growth potential for the Dallas Stars, as well as potentially a team coming to Houston, uh, another uh, another big hotbed in Texas. So Coyotes. so i really like what al montoya is doing i think that he's an awesome face for you know uh, uh, uh to be that community outreach member for dallas and for the nhl and it's nice to see i shit on the nhl a lot for decisions that they make but it's really nice to see them nabbing an ambassador like al montoya to reach the hispanic community so good on you nhl good on you stars and good on you al montoya
0: and good on you miles that was really good I really like that. Miles, just give me a thumbs up for anybody that that couldn't hear his thumbs up.
1: Well, Nolan, if you really liked that, you're really going to like what we get into next, which is the Metropolitan Preview. And I I promise I'm not going to be praising people. I'm going to be a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to ruin a friendship in this preview.
0: So I... Wait, Okay, so to, to kind of break it down for the audience how we're going to do this right now is we're going to start by... I, I basically rank them off of their points percentages from last year because they were all fucked up in the different divisions. So I put everyone together in the order that they finished in, starting with the worst all the way to the best. And then at the very end of this, we will rank them all and we will say where we think they're going to be. Now, Miles, I did just leave you with a task To say what who the the player you think will be the most valuable player on each team, as well as a like bold prediction for each of these teams. Just just one, just one bold prediction for each team, and then for like the Oilers, we'll have like seventeen of them. But um, anyways, starting off, we're going we're going south of south of New York to the hot bed of the Sopranos. New you Jersey. Been,
1: you ever been to Newark, you, you jabroni, you fucking gabagool? Go Devils. That's what go, I'm saying here.
0: Go, go, uh, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk and Zach. Uh, why did I go immediately? Why did I not just go to Scott Niedermeyer? I'm a fucking
1: idiot. Yeah, Ilya, um, okay, NHL social media. Who's the first player you think of when you see this? Dude, logo? Ilya
0: Kovachuk and the Devils were unreal.
1: Yeah, he was elite. It's <laughs> fine. They didn't win a cup. Uh, New Jersey went nineteen thirty and 7 last year for a 0.366 points percentage?
0: Yeah, or like 37% points percentage. That works too. Hey, what um, a fucking... Yeah, cool.
1: A couple of subs, a little bit of gold cuts. You've never yeah. had it before.
0: So... I basically, the way that I did this is I put everything into a table of the additions versus the departures. And like, we don't have to read every one of them off, but we can just kind of sort of like compact it into where we see this team going. Um, I mean, this team got, you could say they got. I've, I mean, it's it's not hard to say they got a ton better over this offseason. Um, they had they picked up the bell of the ball in free agency in signing Dougie Hamilton to a seven year deal worth about nine million dollars per year. They traded for a guy in Adam or in almost said his dad's name Ryan Graves from the Colorado Avalanche, um, a pretty decent like shutdown left side defenseman, really good. And then just a couple of really nice pickups in Thomas Tatar and Jonathan Bernier. They really didn't lose much. They uh, traded a guy like Will Butcher, who just unfortunately after that really great rookie season just has not been able to keep up and just has not looked like that that really dynamic puck mover. And they have that in Ty Smith right now. And then just lo- like losing guys like, like Ryan Murray and Sammy Vatten. And those are guys you don't mind moving off of in free agency. Um, but they made the late free agent edition to pick up a pickup of thomas tatar which is massive because i'm a big thomas tatar guy i don't know i think i think you like thomas tatar as well and uh and also jonathan we both
1: we both talked we both talked about thomas tatar potentially coming to the oilers and how we were both excited about that and uh never really materialized so yeah you could say big pickup by the big devils
0: just gives them another goal scorer. Um, they they like they they still need forward help, and that could be coming on the way with some of the younger guys in the system, uh, including a top ten pick in Alexander Holt, uh, Nolan Foot, who's been kind of who was picked up by the Lightning or who was drafted by the Lightning and then obviously moved to the Devils in the Blake Coleman trade as well as a guy like Dawson Mercer, who they picked in the late first in 2020 as well. So those are guys that couldn't potentially make the roster. And with the devil's forward core being as bad as it is, I would not be surprised if that were to happen. Miles, who do you really like off this team? And what's your, what's your little bold prediction?
1: So my whole thing about the Devils is that I think that they are trending upward. I like a lot of the players that they have that are, are young guys that are showing a lot of promise. The move of Dougie Hamilton is huge in the sense that not only are you getting the bell of the ball, best defenseman in free agency, but you're also showing that people in the NHL still see them as like a hockey destination or as a, a place where you can go to win. So the fact that Dougie went there shows that Um, players in the NHL are not afraid of New Jersey believe in the core that they've got there and are excited about them. So um, once PK Subban is out of there uh, with that big contract and tough looking skating, I'm not a big PK Subban guy. Uh, I think that they're, and they're going to get a little bit more experience with some of those younger guys. I think that they're going to be very, very good. Unfortunately, I do not think that that will be next year. Um, pretty easy to say that the MVP for me anyway, is going to be Douglas Hamilton. And my bold prediction for them is that they are going to do the greatest gift to the Edmonton Oilers. And that is when the Shane Wright sweepstakes so that no one associates the first overall pick with the Oilers anymore. It is now the devil's curse. Thank you very much, New Jersey, for taking that. I think they're going to be really shitty this year still. Unfortunately, that would be a stupid center core of Nico. Heesher, Jack Hughes and Shane. Wright. <laughs> Obviously, I don't think that they're going to finish last. I'm just making a joke. My bold predictions but it, are mostly they funny. Could still win that spot, but it's, they could still yeah. win that spot because I think they're going to end up pretty low in this division.
0: I was thinking about it, and like it's crazy to say, but PK Subban is basically a bottom pairing defenseman on this team now because like you have yeah, Dougie making, Hamilton, Damon Severson on the right side already,
1: making not bottom pairing defenseman <laughs>
0: Very much not bottom pairing. <laughs> if you think Chris Russell is overpaid for a bottom pairing defenseman, just you wait. Um, yeah, I I I I really like a lot of guys in this team, but I'm 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 with you. I, I still don't see this team being able to go very far. I like the addition of Jonathan Bernie. I think that's really underrated. Jonathan Bernie has been like quietly really good over the last couple of years, especially in Detroit, like putting up pretty damn good numbers on a like really stinky Detroit team. Uh, but for their MVP, I mean, I, 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 as much as I really love Dougie Hamilton and it's probably a bit of a cop-out to say this, I'm going to put my stock into Jack Hughes. I think Jack Hughes is really good. I think, um, the, uh, the advanced numbers show that he is really, really, really good. It's just a matter of finishing on a lot of those chances. And the guy has a ton of confidence. And I think once he kind of puts it all together and once the guy gets on a bit of a heater, I think he's going to go off. Um, my hot or my bold prediction for this team is I think Alexander Holtz will make the team and he will score 25 goals as a rookie. Which I think is pretty good. Um,
1: pretty good boy, yeah, me. no, for sure. Uh, excited to see it. It'd be cool to see a rookie put up those kind of numbers. Um, let's see if they do it. All right. Uh, Next up and this is surprising to me. So the Devils were at a 3 point were at a .366. This next team is at a .375. I did not think they were that close to the Devils. But it is the Columbus Blue Jackets who finished last season with 18 wins, uh, 26 losses and 12 single points. Biggest thing in Columbus, I would say, is the departure of their coach Jonathan Tortorella, um, Jonathan Hockey <laughs> <Jonathan Tortorella, laughs> himself. J- Jern Tortorella. Jern Tortorella, no longer behind the bench in Columbus. Now, how does that affect, uh, I know he's not a key addition from, uh, a, a current addition, sorry, but he is a key addition. How does moving on from John Tortorella affect Patrick Laine in Columbus and his confidence there, in your opinion?
0: I think it's going to be pretty big. Um, the oh, what the hell is our coach's name again? Fuck! I'm usually really good with this stuff. Uh, Blue Jackets. Oh my goodness gracious! Come on, Nolan, You're dropping the ball here. Uh, Brad Larson. So apparently, Brad Larson was with a coach, the assistant coach that uh, Patrick Liney had like a bit of a spat with, which doesn't surprise me. But I love the idea of a. Oh my heavens. I love the idea of a young coach taking a young player under his wing and basically saying, Alright, like let's like let's fix these issues because I don't think Patrick Line is like cooked or like the NHL figured <laughs> out Patrick Line. <laughs> I, th- I think I think I think he is still really good. I don't think it helped that Max Domi was injured all like basically all of last year. Um I'll get to I'll, I'll I'll get to my bold prediction about the Columbus Blue Jackets, but um, I really think that if you just if you get him the right center to play with, and maybe that's a guy like like maybe that's Max Domi, maybe that's um, uh maybe that's a guy like uh friggin Alexander Texier, maybe it's uh uh I said Max D- or maybe it's uh, Jack Roslevik. Like there's so many ways you could go with it. I I do think we're going to see a bit of a return to form for Patrick Line. I could easily see him having like 35 goals this year. Um, I mean, not up to that 50 goal pace that you wanted out of him when he was like fucking blowing the roof off in Calgary, in in Winnipeg. But I really do think that this could be, that this could be huge from, I'm surprised we've gone this long and we have not talked about the biggest move they made this season. (laughs) Actually they made two really big moves.
1: Well, I, I mean, they did make a huge move this off season. However, I think that that Line A trade was like landscape changing in the NHL for two franchises, um, and all the other division or all the other teams in those divisions that were affected by it. So that's why yep. the biggest departure on that team would be uh, uh, pinnacle defenseman Seth Jones. Seth Seth-ness Jones.
0: Seth Jones.
1: Seth-ness jo- Seth-ness. <laughs> Seth Smith-Jones leaving for the Chicago Blackhawks to join his brother Seth. In return, in. Seth and Seth squared. <laughs> in return, Adam Boquist, former teammate of fan of the show, friend of the show, Evan Bouchard, going back to the Columbus Blue Jackets, as well as underrated, Nolan, but Jake Bean from the Carolina Hurricanes coming over to Columbus, a player that we're really big on here at the One for One podcast. Uh, so we're we're excited to see that. What else do you figure, Nolan?
0: Uh yeah. So I really like Adam Boakvist I really like Jake Bean a lot. I th- also think that Zach Warinski is really good. Um, then they also they also added a guy like Sean Corrali in free agency, and then Igor Chinnikov and Cole Sillinger as well could potentially make the team. I don't see Cole Sillinger making it just because he's so young, and I don't think Columbus wants to play young guys that quickly. But from everything you see from... For like, like from everything you hear from like the like the rookie camps and stuff like that, that they're like the the jackets are seriously considering it. Um, I also forgot to write this in here. They also acquired Jacob Voracek. Um, they traded out Cam Atkinson for for uh, Jacob Voracek. So that's also a really big move, bringing Voracek back in. A guy that can. I mean, if you throw line A on a line with Jacob Voracek and just put whoever in the middle, I think that could be huge for line A. I completely forgot to put that in because like Vorchek's not a goal scorer. Like Vorchek's a guy that will that will get you the puck and is really, really, really good at creating space and really good at creating those like um, creating those opportunities for other players. Um, but I so I guess I'll just get right into it, but my MVP for this team this season is gonna be Zach Wierenski. Um, I just think Zach Worenski is going to be really good. I think he's going to be named captain this year. Um, obviously committed to Columbus long-term. You do not see that very often because it's freaking Columbus. And I believe this team is going to make the playoffs. I think that their decor is so fucking dynamic that I think they're going to be really, really, really dangerous.
1: I also have Zach Wierenski as my team MVP. I think that that's pretty self-explanatory. He's a very good NHL defenseman. He's going to be a leader for that team, just like you said. Um, And I'm excited to see his fingerprints all over um, the leadership core and where this team goes. However, there's a word that starts with F that I will use for two teams in this division. And that word is Fraud. I think that the Columbus Blue Jackets are a fraud team and will not be very good. I like what they have coming up in terms of Boquist and Sillinger and Bean and Johnson, that kid out of uh, Michigan. He went like whatever overall. He was another high Kent pick. Johnson, yeah. Yeah. Um, th- and and Spol- so Wiesel or whatever his name is. He's a defenseman. He was a third round pick. He is currently playing this season with the Regina Pats, And while I'm excited for their future, I do not think that is next year. I think they're going to be <laughs> fraud.
0: I think they're just going to be a really big pain in the ass to play against. And I think they could be, they could, I think there's always a sneaky team. There's always that team. That's like, Oh, this team is going to be so bad. And then the and then the sea, and then it's like midway through and you're like, how does this team have like a hundred points already?
1: Oh yeah, okay, yeah, for sure. Did Columbus hundred points? I'll bet you a stake on that.
0: <laughs> I'm not the gonna half, bet on a hundred. The halfway points.
1: point, the halfway point of the season, Columbus is gonna have a hundred points. Nolan Schumann, put that on your forearm. All right. Well, is it? I
0: mean, we better just get right to it because this is a team that made some freaking moves this offseason. season. Um, the Philadelphia Flyers <laughs> 25, 23, and eight for a 0. 0.446 safe or not save percentage. Well, basically safe percentage after the <laughs> goaltending they got this season, uh, win percentage or sorry, points percentage. Oh, I just burped, uh, the key additions to this team couple of like a bunch of really big ones. And then also some really big departures as well. Uh, you got Kim. Cam- Coming in. Uh, Keith Yandel uh, signing. Uh, hold on. Martin Jones signing. That's not very good. You don't like to see that. Uh, Derek Broussard coming in as a depth guy. Same with Nate Thompson. Now, they did lose longtime flyer Jacob Vorchek. Uh, Shane Bear, Philip Myers, uh, second overall pick, Nolan Patrick, uh, Eric Gustafson to free agency, Robert Hag and Brian Elliott, of course. Now, I don't really think they're going to miss. I don't really think you're missing out on much. But obviously, the key to this team is Carter Hart. You have to hope that last year was a complete and utter fluke. Because if your franchise goalie has the yips and is not very good, this could very well turn into another steve mason incident and we don't want that
1: yeah you know i mean if i if i'm a 23 year old goalie and i had a struggling season and you know uh you were the worst in the nhl for for team save percentage or or goals against average or whatever the fuck they were um yeah absolutely the guy i want coming in to help me figure that out is martin jones (laughs) are you fucking kidding me this is such a mirror of the san jose sharks um, disaster disaster artist of a team that it, it's actually kind of funny. Look at some of the players that they brought in and kind of similar to what San Jose did a few years ago with these big additions to defense that they not pan out. Uh, and then you're just an old, slow, shitty team with a young goalie that doesn't reach his potential. This was what I was referring to previously when I said that this uh, division was going to ruin a friendship. I'm sorry to my gym buddy, good pal, Ramus Winston. Your team, the Philadelphia Flyers, is going to get my second F rating because they are a group of frauds. Forgot to mention this too. You better hope Rasmus
0: Ristolainen is bad just because of Buffalo because oh no. he is really bad.
1: <laughs> Can I get into my team MVP, Nolan? Oh, No. <laughs> my team MVP is going to be Rasmus Ristolainen and he's going to be my team MVP because he's going to prove me right in saying that it wasn't the Buffalo (laughs) problem (laughs) that it was him all along frauds (laughs) really gonna be another tough year I don't want it to be another tough year I would like here's my here's my perfect world scenario Um, Philadelphia doesn't make the playoffs. Philadelphia looks poor. They get a good draft pick. Maybe they can do something with it. But But above all of that, I want Carter Hart to put up Jonathan Bernier in Detroit numbers. I don't want him to be the problem. I do want him to bounce back. But I don't think that the players in front of him are particularly good enough to make up for that.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it is about Philly. I just... I They're so tough to play
1: against. They're so fucking tough. Are you kidding me? Yeah,
0: it's just like it's a bunch of like I want to. I don't know how to explain it. It's like I feel like there's a lot of like top six guys, but there's so few like elite guys, like guys that you really look at and you say like I can like that's a guy that can lead my team to a Stanley cup. Maybe like Sean Couture. Like I love, like I love Sean Couture. I think he's, I think he's incredible. I really do. Um, I like Ivan Provorov a lot, but yeah, like Travis connect yeah. Uh,
1: he was, he was linked to trade talks last year, man. Well, yeah. Cause he
0: was being scratched by Alan, you don't like, oh, not really dead, but
1: Alan Vingold. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Alan Vingold. Um, A team that uh, we have a uh, friend of the show is a big fan of uh, went through a tumultuous offseason, to say the least. The New York Rangers.
1: (laughs) Miles, would you like to introduce this one? The New York Rangers, who I will be um, nicknaming for the remainder of the season, the Little Buff Boys of the Metropolitan Division, who went 27, 23, and 6 last year for a .509 points percentage. Uh, And the reason that I'm calling them the Little Buff Boys, if you're not familiar with um, Season 2 of Tim Robinson's sketch show, I think you should leave, is because they put a lot of effort into getting bigger and stronger this offseason tougher some might even say uh some of the key additions barclay goodrow ryan reeves uh dryden hunt who is not a big buff boy dryden hunt is a, a young small lad i'm not young he's my age uh jared tonorty what the fuck v- vitalia no
0: <laughs> so, uh, so that sounds like a
1: city in Italy.
0: So two uh, two other big buff boys in Sammy Blay and Patrick Nemeth. Uh, Vitaly Kraftsov was like my like wild card guy because he could make the team this year and like be 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 quite good. But he's I wouldn't say he's like time. a Vitaly Kraftsov.
1: Doesn't that sound like a city?
0: Vitaly Kraftsov sounds like a um, like a
1: mining team in Russia.
0: It 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 sounds like a uh, Russian soccer player that got busted for PEDs. No, it sounds—it sounds like a port city
1: that is known for coal.
0: Vitelykorkraftsov.
1: <laughs> Why is it? Why does everyone here have lung cancer? <laughs> is this—is this, is this such—is—is is this a Chernobyl? Um, um, big departures, Nolan. First and foremost, Pavel Butchnevich, who had forty-eight points himself last year, Buchnevich. between Barkley, Goodrow, Ryan. Re- between dryden hunt ryan reeves and barkley Do you know how many points they had 48 oh move one out bring three in and you're in the same production that is a tough c to s and for like brett the same howden. cap it oh no <laughs> <laughs> brett howden also leaving um philip did good name left as a free agent colin blackwell expansion draft jack johnson not the country singer or sorry, not the uh, folk singer, but the hockey player, and our fan favorite, Tony D'Angelo, who was bought out, comma, bitch. (laughs) So some big additions, some big subtractions. I think the major question that is looming over the New York Rangers is that of where are our young guys going to go? Are they going to make a step up, or are they going to stay the same, or are they going to take a step back? And those guys, particularly being... uh, Kako and Alexis Lafreniere, in my opinion, because Adam Fox made a huge step last season, more than likely going to build on that this year. Uh, I don't think that he's a question mark, but those two young forwards are are really the major uh, question mark over this team, in my opinion.
0: Uh, so uh, one quick thing I wanted to mention, uh, I did not mention this in the, uh, Philadelphia Flyers bit um, but because I, I forgot to mention my MVP uh, my MVP was going to be um, Sean Couturier uh, anyways moving on to the Rangers again yeah w- w- with the Rangers so much hinders on their on their young guys and also hinders on the fact they hired Gerard Gallant that is a huge addition in of itself if you don't have a stinky uh, David Quinn coaching you
1: yes Sorry, um Lefernier, Kako and Keandre Miller are the three young guys that I was talking about. I forgot about Keandre Miller. He's, yeah. gonna, be oh, a big, yeah. he's gonna be a big he's gonna be step. So, yeah, yeah. on, continue.
0: Yeah. So Gerard and apparently from everything you see, Gerard Gallant is going to really like hand the keys to the young guys. So, with that being said, you really hope that this team can take a ne- can take the next step with those young guys. You need guys like Alexis Lafreniere to prove that he is worth that first overall pick, most hyped prospect since probably Sidney Crosby. No, Connor McDavid.
1: Uh, <laughs> he wasn't. Uh, what's that? I was gonna say he wasn't. He wasn't quite McDavid hyped. No, but he
0: was think. probably the most hype since him. Like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. 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 Fair. Yeah. We're yeah. Um, but I, I I, think that, like, that's going to be obviously so important. Um, you have to hope that the defense plays a little bit better. And I think that when you have a guy like Gerard Gallant, that's going to be, like, that's going to be really huge. I'm not a big Jacob Truba guy. I never have been. Um, I really like Ryan Lingren. I like the potential of Keandre Miller. Obviously, Adam Fox is a fucking superstar, and is you Shisturkin? still you still got Artemin Pinarin. Yeah, um, Igor Shishkerman, and then there and is Gregorov too. Yeah, I think actually Georgiev might be the uh, certain trade chip for maybe a certain uh, blue and orange team that might be looking for a potential goaltender. You never know, um, but. Then there's also the other factor, the uh, the elephant in the room, you might say, in the curly-haired fuck out of Buffalo. <laughs> so, could that be a thing? Could that be a potential, like you know, could could that could that be the move right there? But I just I don't like what this team decided to do this off season. It basically. It makes me think Tom Wilson just got too much in their head and they sacrificed most of their, or like a really big chunk of their skill for grit and toughness and uh, Stanley Cup leadership. And I just don't think those are winning moves for a hockey team, especially giving a six year contract worth nearly $4 million a year to Barkley Goudreau, who has like a career high points of like 20 or however the hell many he has. Really like Barkley Goudreau, like we've said on this pod before, but. That's just not. not a, that that's just not a good move. Um, but MVP, I gotta give it to Adam Fox. I think that he's gonna be awesome. And my bold prediction is, I firmly believe that Alexis Lafreniere will break out and will have at least seventy-five points.
1: I'm glad we can agree on a few things, Nolan. Um, one of them is not our MVPs. Um, I have my team MVP as Artemi Panarin. I'm a huge fan of his. He's probably top three player in the league for me personally. Like as a as a fan, I love him. Whatever. Uh, so he's my pick for team MVP. My bold prediction is that the dark horse who was not named in your solo episode, Chris Kreider, is going to be wearing. Right, I forgot team. about Chris Kreider. Whoopsie Daisy. And I really like what Chris Kreider is going to do for this team. Uh, I think between his leadership and Gerard Gallant as a coach, that those young guys that were mentioned are going to take a big step this year. I think that the Rangers are, despite what we were saying about them, going to be a better team this year. And I think that they make the playoffs as a wild card team. I like it. That is my bold prediction. Okay.
0: Moving on to the
1: team investing that we- investing
0: in In, the Ston- in Stonks. um our next team we probably don't really have to do too much time on because they really did almost nearly nothing um, the New York the New York Islanders with Lou Lamarella. um 32 17 and 7 for a 0. 0.562 points percentage their key additions this offseason were Zach Parise, Zedano Chara, Richard Ponick, and obviously bringing in uh, Eric Gustafson on a PTO. Um, funniest part about all of these moves and also the uh, Lou Lamorello thing is that Zach Parise currently shows up on Cap Friendly as a UFA with absolutely no salary showing whatsoever. So he is signed by the Islanders, but nobody knows to what amount of money. Uh-
1: Six cold cut sandwiches per game.
0: It's just, it's, it's just so much hair gel because he's so hot, <laughs> dude. Italian Zach Parise, dressing. fucking like might might be the like hottest player in the NHL.
1: Yeah, he's handsome. He's no fucking so
0: good looking. Um,
1: big fan of of Zach Parise as well. Uh, but not a big fan of what the Islanders did this offseason. Some key departures, Nolan. Obviously, Travis Zajac retired, signed a one-day contract with the Devils to retire uh, with the team that he spent the large majority of his career with. Andrew Ladd was also told to pack his bags and head out of town. Uh, And Jordan Everly was the lost player in the expansion draft, joining the Seattle Kraken. So those are three names that if you told me were leaving any team uh, in like 2015, I would be like, "Holy shit, that's a big deal!" But not so much in 2021, 2022, largely keeping the bulk of their team unchanged. A team that went to the conference final last year and it is solid. like
0: insanely deep. Like they're I I always forget about JG Pajot. Like,
1: legit. Always Uh, forget he's. I Uh, always forget he is. Uh, Joe. Yeah. No, he's a a freak. He's a freak. He's a good hockey player. They're loaded up and down the lineup. Uh, Like you said, if you don't want to spend a whole heck of a lot of time on them, um, really, really good team. Sneaky good team. Um, For me, it's tough to put anybody on this team other than, oh, we haven't talked about their goaltenders. Um, Saman Varlamov and uh, Sorokin Sorokin. are both two very, very good goalies. Ilya Sorokin, yeah, two very good goalies. Um, so my, I'll start with my bold prediction. My bold prediction is that before the end of the year, Sorokin takes over the starting goalie reigns. I think Varlamov's getting a little old. He was fantastic last year, but I think that it is Sorokin's time and that he's going to be very, very good, just my opinion. And I am hard-pressed to pick anybody on this team as the MVP other than Matthew Barzell. Very big fan of Matt Barzell. I'm going to pick uh, Adam Pellick
0: because Adam Pellick is just, he just seems to be... Like that, that whole identity revolves around a guy like Adam Pellick. And I just really, 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 really like him. And my bold prediction for this team is Noah Dobson takes over as the number one defenseman on this team this year. I really like Noah Dobson. I think he, like when he was coming into the league, he was really raw, but has so much offensive upside, and I think that guy could be a total minute muncher on defense.
1: Uh, boldest prediction is that Bavillier gets a date with Anna Kendrick. Oh, that was a <laughs> I was I was gonna say Zach
0: Parise drinks from the fountain of youth and scores twenty five goals, Um which I I I could see.
1: I fuck, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you Bill Guerin, take your bio and shove it up your ass. As he's just,
0: and, and then it's like a it's like a comically like like twinkling smile at Bill Guerin. And
1: it's then like, Lou Lavarello holds him in his arms and all is well.
0: That's just such a good love story. Um, just say yes. The next team on our list, we're nearly near the end. Pittsburgh Penguins, 37-16-3 with a 0. .616 points percentage. Um This team had a stinky off season. <laughs> Um they signed Brock McGinn to far too much money. They signed Danton Heinen to uh an R.I. Right deal and then brought in Brian Boyle and Matt Barkowski on PTOs, and that is all they added. And losing, they lost uh <laughs> they lost Jared McCann, Brandon Tanev and um from your Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> number Co- five cody
1: cc oh uh, fuck i'm so scared <laughs> uh, cody Cece, out of worse where did you go um yeah let's get the elephant out of the room right away sydney crosby and evgeny malkin are both hurt to start the year ouchie yeah Not your, something you like your number
0: one center is jeff carter
1: 36 year old Uh, Jeff Carter (laughs) fountain of of youth Um, even bigger elephant in the room you did not move on from Tristan Jari Tristan Jari still has the uh, firm position of number one goaltender for your organization with like a 36 year old Casey DeSmith as your backup not a good look not entirely something that um, absolutely radiates positivity so What do you think about the Pittsburgh Penguins?
0: I hate doubting Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. I really do. If they were not on this team, I would be picking them to miss the playoffs easy. But I cannot go against Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin because every time I do, they fucking prove me wrong. And so I I hated their offseason. I really did. But... I can probably, I still see this team making the playoffs and probably finishing like maybe top four in there or like probably getting one of those wild card spots. I don't know if they're quite good enough to make like the top three. Um, but I mean, it goes without being said that Sidney Crosby is their MVP and he will be forever and ever. Amen. Um, obviously, you still have, uh, you still have Chris tang you still have uh, John Marino, uh, yikes, speaking of Oilers, but I I, just, I, I, I really I really don't like this team, but I can also admit that they do have still quite a bit of talent, I mean you still have like Jake Gensel, you still have, um, oh my god, who was on? Uh, uh, Jason Zucker and Brian Rust as well. And like I said, Jeff Carter,
1: Carter, Carter Aston Reese as well.
0: Zach Aston Reese, but yes, Zach. Zach Aston, what I said, yeah, Carter. Carter. it's
1: okay. Carter, I just uh, love the okay. Backstreet Boys.
0: Teddy Bluger as well is a really good, um, like really good defensive player. So I still do like a lot of pieces on this team. They're still supremely well coached by Mike Sullivan. Supreme. They're just I. It's it's the Penguins. There's not much else you can say. Um, my MVP, obviously, is Sidney Crosby. And my bold prediction is um, some guy from the minors that we have no idea who he is uh, comes in and scores 20 goals this season because that is a fucking classic Pittsburgh Penguins thing.
1: I like you being the optimistic ostrich. Uh, I will for the first time.
0: That against Sidney Crosby
1: bet against Sidney Crosby and I'm a big Sidney Crosby guy. Okay. I love Sidney Crosby. I think he's a fantastic hockey player, but I don't think that the team around him is going to be able to compete with some of these younger up and coming teams inside of this division, as well as the next team that we're going to talk about that I think is a better group of wily veterans. Um, we don't know the extent of Sidney Crosby's injury. We don't know what a nagging injury like that is going to be for him or for Malkin or for Crystal Tang, who is, Getting up there as well. Uh, my team MVP for them is uh, Getzel, and my bold prediction is that they miss the playoffs Ooh. in 21 22. Interesting.
0: Well, Miles, would you like to bring it over to our number seven team?
1: Yes, the team that we just spoke about, or I just alluded to, rather, the Wiley group of veterans being your Washington Capitals, who were 36, 15, and five last year, good for a 625 points percentage. Um, <laughs> I don't want to fucking do this. Key additions in the off season, <laughs> Uh, Matt Irwin, uh, you have Connor McMichael as the question mark uh, prospect for them, but you forgot uh, a huge addition, Nolan being Dylan McElrath. That was Oof. the type of off season It was for Washington where Matt Irwin and Dylan McElrath were your two additions. Key departures. Um, Former San Jose Sharks fan favorite, Brendan Dillon, going to Winnipeg. Henrik Lundqvist, retiring. Zdeno Chara, obviously going uh, within the division to the Islanders. And Richard Panik, leaving as a free agent. Now, the Henrik Lundqvist departure isn't something that I think is... Totally detrimental to this team. He never played last year because of a heart condition. He, he, he finally called it quits officially this offseason. So we're sad to see the King um, leave the NHL. But again, not something that I think uh, Washington was totally hanging their hat on. I think the departure of uh, Brendan Dillon is going to hurt them definitely. Um, Zidane Ochar, like we were saying before, uh, didn't look terrible on the team last year. Uh, according, according to you, according to some fans, they really didn't like him. I think that's one of those things where I'll leave my opinion to caps fans, people who actually watched games. I didn't watch a whole lot of capitals games last year. Um, but either way, that's two defensemen that were in your starting group that are no longer there. it's going to be interesting to see who fills those roles and how those roles get filled. Um, that being said, I think that from the trades that they made last deadline, um, Really bolstered that forward group. Uh, the player that they got from Detroit—snap my fingers—I can't think of his name.
0: Oh, uh, um, Anthony Mantha.
1: Anthony Mantha is going to be a huge addition for them, I believe. TJ Oshi is a glue guy; plays very well. Um, uh, Cause that's off is still on the team, which is interesting. There was a lot of talk towards the end of last season that he was going to be on his way out or traded or something. So the fact that he's going to be there for training camp is going to be wonderful for them. Uh, and then as well, you've got Backstrom and Ovi as always. So the forward group is still pretty solid in my opinion. Um, John Carlson there on defense is very talented offensive defenseman. Some people say Nolan is not one of those people. Um, and then their goaltending in, um, who are the goalies this year? Um, Samsonov they... and Vitek Vanacek. Vanacek, the guy that went away and came back again. Yeah. Um, if it comes back, it's yours. Nolan, what do you think about them Washington Capitals?
0: So we are actually the complete opposite on Pittsburgh and Washington.
1: I Yeah, I was going to say.
0: <laughs> I really worry about this team's goaltending. Really, really, really worry about it because Samsonov has not been very good. Um, Vitek Vanacek had pretty, like pretty good rookie season. Um, I really think they're going to miss Brendan Dillon a lot. Like, I think they're going to, I think people are really underselling how much they're going to miss him. And now you have to have like Nick Jensen and Michael Kempney and all those guys as like your regulars now in the lineup, which I think is a little concerning. Um, you, gotta hope that, I I mean, I think Ovechkin will still score 40 goals most likely, because it's Alex Ovechkin um, Backstrom is still pretty good, but you gotta worry about injuries, the Kuznetsov factor is massive, and I don't think can go understated, like the fact of the matter is, is like, he was a shit last year, like, not, I'm not saying he was shit, I'm saying he was a shit, like, causing problems in the locker room, um you know, all the all the freaking covid stuff the you know the, and then obviously like the looking into the trade the there was obviously the um, uh suspicious cocaine incident previously like there's just a lot of stuff with 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 getting Kuznetsov that just kind of concerns me and I just think that this team is the candidate for like everything goes wrong there's always one of those teams every season where it's like this team should be good but everything goes wrong and I could easily see that being the Capitals. And I think that, and especially with a lot of these young guys coming up, like they're going to make rookie mistakes and stuff like that. But I just, I just get a very weird feeling about the Capitals. And I, like I said, I really don't trust their goaltending. So, so who's,
1: who's your MVP? What's your goal prediction? Uh,
0: MVP. I'm, you know what, even though it probably isn't, I'm still going to go with Ovi. Um, I think, he may, not, he may not be able to hit his 50-goal peak anymore, but maybe, I mean, I could easily see 40 goals. Um, and then as for bold predictions, I think... I think for the first time in his career, Anthony Manta will score 35 goals. I know I've used like the term... That. I know you have used the 35 number multiple times, and I'm sorry, but... I really like Anthony Mantha, yeah. And I think I think a lot of people don't like him, and I feel bad for him.
1: Fair, fair. Um, so, like you said, I think we're complete opposites on Pittsburgh and Washington because I'm picking Ovi as my team MVP. I'm never not picking Ovi on the Capitals. Shout out to Ovechkin. Uh, I think that they are going to make the playoffs, despite what you're saying. I think that they are going to be like just too hot, hot, hot offensively. I think they're a very good regular season team. The Capitals always have been. I don't think that they're deep enough to do anything in the playoffs and they're going to be an early exit, but I think that they'll grab that three seed in the division. I like it. It's a good call.
0: Well, miles on to number eight, and this is a fucking team to talk about.
1: This is the first team Nolan, that was a hundred percent vaccinated in the national hockey league. Even with <laughs> Tony D'Angelo. Which is impressive. The QAnon King. If they can do that, they can do anything. Who are we talking about? Obviously, it are the the Carolina Hurricanes, who went 36-12 and 8 last season. Good for a 634 points percentage. I don't want to say it. Key additions.
0: I don't want to say it either.
1: <laughs> the biggest addition this for them was Ethan Bear coming over in a trade from the Edmonton Oilers for Warren Fogle. Uh, also bringing in Tony D'Angelo, which got two sad faces compared to Ethan Bear's one sad face uh, to replace uh, yes, Dougie Barry,
0: Hamilton, of course. Uh, just so everybody knows, to <laughs> replacing uh, Dougie yes, Hamilton Barry. with uh, Tony D'Angelo.
1: Oh. I, I, I just need to make sure. Everybody yes, that knows is that. the yeah. That was the one-for-one one, uh swap on the blue yeah. line. For Fucking Tony, unbelievable. Tony unbelievable. Fucking unbelievable. Yes, Sperry. Kukkenyemi, who was offer-sheeted, so famously, from the Montreal Canadiens. How did I do there, Nolan? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good? Yep. Perfect. Uh Derek Stepan, Josh Levio, 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 I don't Levio. know. Ian Cole, Brendan Smith, Frederick Anderson from the... True Maple Leafs and Anti Ranta from the Arizona Coyotes. Key departures, obviously, as mentioned, Douglas Hamilton, Alex Nedeljkovic, who was the goaltending rookie phenom going to Detroit for pennies on the dollar, Warren Fogle, newest Edmonton Oilers. Welcome to the team. Sick. Jake Bean also said, "See you later in a trade." Peter Mrazek, longtime goalie uh, with James Reimer, former Leaf, both saying, "See you later." Brock McGinn out of there, and Hayden Fleury, the lost player to the Seattle Kraken. Wow, I am looking, looking at, I am looking at, I am looking at this key departures list, and my throat it hurts. Like that, those are some dirty big names leaving that yeah, team. Those are some important, important players leaving that team. That's your number one defenseman. That's your number one goalie. That's your up and coming defenseman. That's a like uh utility knife forward and Warren Fogle. Uh, you both your goalies. You're brand new in the crease. All your goalies that's three goaltenders. Holy crap! Um, no turnover in the in the goaltending room, which I guess isn't that big of a deal, but wow. Uh, Hayden Fleury, another young defenseman. Uh, and Brock again. So essentially when you're looking at these departures and what came back the other way, I don't, I still think that the, obviously with Dougie Hamilton and and Adel and Adelkovich being gone, those are tipping the scales of, of despair in the departures, not totally evening out with who came back.
0: Yeah. uh, I agree with that. I've been thinking about it a lot and might be a bit of a hot take, but I kind of, i kind of like the frederick anderson and anti ranta like duo over the nadelkovich and whoever's behind them i don't know why i'm like i'm i might be very well alone in that because i know both of those i know that both of those goalies are very injury prone but i think you put both of those guys behind carolina's decor because like at the end of the day they still have jacob slavin and brett pesci like Two really great defensemen, and one of them like an all-world like defensive defenseman, and just that team in front of them. You still got Aho, you still got Svechnikov, you still got um freaking Tuvo Teravine, and you still got um, Marty Nichas, you still got uh, v- Vincent Schrochek, Jordan Stahl. You're now you're adding Jesperi Kotkaniemi to that mix. Like this could be a team that is a full-blown like fucking force. In their division like they they could they could blow through their division and they could be and riding on the coattails or guys like Tony D'Angelo and I hate to say it because it pains me pains me so much but Ethan bear is going to have an unbelievable season I think. With Carolina.
1: Uh, Ethan Bear is playing on the third line, apparently, with Ian Cole. We'll see how camp goes, but that's where they've got oh. him slated, which doesn't make me feel good for Ethan. And I think it's just going to be more of the same of what he had in Edmonton. So I might disagree with you a little bit there, but I do absolutely agree with you in terms of the goaltending perspective. Um, Frederick Anderson was an NHL All Star a few years ago. He's a very good goalie. We talk about uh, injury prone versus like just being an absolute dumb horse. That was just getting ridden by the Toronto Maple Leafs into the ground with a team that didn't play terrific team defense. So he had a shitty hand dealt to him, got hurt, lost his confidence. Um, Jack Campbell came up hot and took things away from him. And now he is in a much better situation in Carolina. Uh, and like you said, with Ranta as a tandem, I think that Frederick Anderson is going to get his form back. And he's going to get some credit as a legit NHL goaltender again. And I think he's going to be a big difference maker and, uh, and game stealer. For Carolina so I agree with you uh, with that forward depth that they have the star players that they have um, the defense that they have and the players around them uh, top to bottom I really really like this team my MVP is Sebastian Ajo um, really like Sebastian Ajo I'm big on him and my bold prediction is that they win their division <laughs> Um, my
0: MVP is also Sebastian Ajo because I really don't think you can go wrong with them. And my bold prediction is that they will make it to the conference finals. Sure. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, not okay. bad. Um, So, yeah, that's that's it for the Metro.
1: Um, no, 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 no. It's not, Nolan, because oh. we need to give you what I call Metro movement. Oh, right, right, right,
0: right, yeah. right. Yeah. How
1: do you think the division is going to shape up? We've kind of given away some of our picks in terms of our bold predictions of where we think uh, teams are going to end up. But I have the Metro finishing as the Carolina Hurricanes, the New York Islanders, the Washington Capitals as your 1-2-3 playoff seeds, the New York Rangers as your wild card in fourth, Philadelphia in fifth, Pittsburgh in sixth, Wow. The Devils in seventh and Columbus in eighth. How now, I fully, dare you bespoke I, the
0: team of Columbus?
1: I fully believe that Pittsburgh and Philly could flip-flop, but I am very, very confident myself, obviously, in my top four.
0: So I've got Carolina one. Um, I've got... I can't believe I'm fucking saying this hold on i've got the island as much as i don't want to pick them second i think they're i think they are going to finish second i'm going to go islander second i'm going to go pittsburgh third and columbus fourth with washington in fifth no sorry rangers in fifth um Washington in 6th and then Devils in 7th and no sorry Flyers in 7th and Devils in 8th sorry I know it was all around the place so Carolina Islanders Pittsburgh Columbus um fuck I already fucked this up again oh Rangers Capitals uh, Flyers and then the Devils. Although, I do think the and, Devils next year will make the playoffs.
1: Next yeah, season. I, I don't disagree with you either, but we'll do that in season threes for the <laughs> Metro Division. Uh,
0: By the time we'll have a sponsor, hopefully.
1: Uh, and it'll be Mass Mutual.
0: it would be Patagonia.
1: Dude, fuck, dude. I love hiking. Um. <laughs> so yeah, that... Is about all I have to say about the Metro Division. I think we've talked fair enough about it. I'm really stoked for the season to get started. Nolan, do you have any thoughts?
0: No, I uh, I'm just excited to be doing this. I uh, I'm really looking forward to the season. Like I'm I'm really 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 excited. Um, I'm happy we finally got the Jack Michaels interview out, which is really cool. Um, I really hope people like that. I. And back to watching all of the training camp press conferences for the Oilers, which is just like making my heart melt and getting me so excited. And my goodness, just Zach Hyman just seems like just seems like a just a treat of a human being. And yeah, I'm just really excited. So that's about it. Looking forward to watching hockey again.
1: Yeah, I cannot wait. No one review on the side or don't think just say out of five, how many stars?
0: You know, I liked it more at the cider tasting place. So I did much, not like so much, it as much as... The...
1: So much for the don't think, just say, Hey, <laughs>
0: um, I'll give it a four. Four.
1: four. I like that. Yeah. I like Four's that for good. you. I like that Four's for Four's pretty
0: good. But I finished the cider, and I think with that, we are finished the podcast. Miles, did you have any last things you wanted to say before we head on out of here?
1: As always, Nolan, before we head out, just want to say thanks for your support. Excited for season two. We are ready to rock and roll. Hope you are too. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to give us a little bit of a review. Tell your friends. And as always, Go Oilers Go! Go
0: Oilers Go!